Act Two of the Tragedy of King Richard the Second by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One, Ely House. Enter John of Gaunt, sick, with the Duke of York, etc. Will the king come? that i may breathe my last in wholesome counsel to his unstayed youth vex not yourself nor strive not with your breath for all in vain comes counsel to his ear oh but they say the tongues of dying men enforce attention like deep harmony where words are scarce they are seldom spent in vain for they breathe truth that breathe their words in pain he that no more must say is listened more than they whom youth and ease have taught to close more are men's ends marked than their lives before the setting sun and music at the close as the last taste of sweets is sweetest last writ in remembrance more than things long past though richard my life's counsel would not hear my death's sad tale may yet undeaf his ear no it is stopped with other flattering sounds as praises of whose taste the wise are fond lascivious meters to whose venom sound the open ear of youth doth always listen Report of fashions in proud Italy, whose manners still are tardy, apish nation limps after in base imitation. Where doth the world thrust forth of vanity, so it be new? There's no respect how vile, that is not quickly buzzed into his ears. And all too late comes counsel to be heard, where will doth mutiny with wit's regard. Direct not him whose way himself will choose. "'Tis breath thou lackst, and that breath wilt thou lose. Oh, "'Methinks I am a prophet new-inspired, "'and thus expiring do foretell of him. "'His rash, fierce blaze of riot cannot last, uh, "'for violent fires soon burn out themselves. "'Small showers last long, but sudden storms are short.' He tires betimes, that spurs too fast betimes. With eager feeding food doth choke the feeder. Light, vanity, insatiate cormorant, Consuming means, soon preys upon itself. This royal throne of kings, this sceptred isle, This earth of majesty, this seat of Mars, this other Eden, dare me paradise, this fortress built by nature for herself against infection and the hand of war, this happy breed of men, this little world, this precious stone set in the silver sea, which serves it in the office of a wall, or as a moat defensive to a house against the envy of less happier lands this blessed plot this earth this realm this england 
this nurse this teeming womb of royal kings feared by their breed and famous by their birth renowned for their deeds as far from home for christian service and true chivalry as is the sepulchre in stubborn jury of the world's ransom blessed mary's son this land of such dear souls this dear dear land dear for her reputation through the world is now leased out i die pronouncing it like to a tenement or pelting farm oh england bound in with the triumphant sea whose rocky shore beats back the envious siege of watery neptune is now bound in with shame with inky blots and rotten parchment bonds oh, that england that was wont to conquer others hath made a shameful conquest of itself oh, would the scandal vanish with my life how happy then were my ensuing death enter king richard and queen o'merle bushy green begget ross and willoughby the king has come deal mildly with his youth for young hot colts being raged do rage the more how fares our noble uncle lancaster what comfort man how is it with aged gaunt oh how the name befits my composition old gaunt indeed and gaunting being old within my grief hath kept a tedious fast and who abstains from meat that is not gaunt for sleep in england long time have i watched watching breeds leanness leanness is all gaunt the pleasure that some fathers feed upon is my strict fast i mean my children's looks and therein fasting hast thou made me gaunt gaunt am i for the grave gaunt as a grave whose hollow womb inherits naught but bones can sick men play so nicely with their names no misery makes sport to mock itself since thou dost seek to kill my name in me i mock my name great king to flatter thee should dying man flatter with those that live <sighs> no no men living flatter those that die thou now a dying sayst thou flatterest me oh no thou diest though i the sicker be i am in health i breathe and i see thee ill now he that made me knows i see thee ill ill in myself to see and in thee seeing ill thy deathbed is no lesser than thy land wherein thou liest in reputation sick and thou too careless patient as thou art committest thy anointed body to the cure of those physicians that first wounded thee a thousand flatterers sit within thy crown whose compass is no bigger than thy head and yet 
encaged in so small a verge the waste is no whit lesser than thy land oh had thy grandsire with a prophet's eye seen how his son's son should destroy his sons from forth thy reach he would have laid thy shame deposing thee before thou wert possessed which art possessed now to dispose thyself why cousin wert thou regent of the world it were a shame to let this land by lease but for thy world enjoying but this land is it not more than shame to shame it so landlord of england art thou now not king thy state of law is bond slave to the law and thou a lunatic lean-witted fool presuming on an ague's privilege bearest with thy frozen admonition make pale our cheek chasing the royal blood with fury from his native residence now by my seat's right royal majesty wert thou not brother to great edward's son this tongue that runs so roundly in thy head should run thy head from thy unreverent shoulders oh spare me not my brother edward's son for that i was his father edward's son that blood already like the pelican hast thou tapped out and drunkenly caroused my brother gloucester plain well-meaning soul whom fair befall in heaven mongst happy souls may be a precedent and witness good that thou respectest not spilling edward's blood join with the present sickness that i have and thy unkindness be like crooked age to crop at once a too long withered flower live in thy shame but die not shame with thee these words hereafter thy tormentors be convey me to my bed then to my grave love they to live that love and honour have exit borne off by his attendants and let them die that age and sullens have for both hast thou and both become the grave i do beseech your majesty impute his words to wayward sickliness and age in him he loves you on my life and holds you dear as harry duke of hereford were he here right you say true as hereford's love so his as theirs so mine and all be as it is enter northumberland my liege old gaunt commends him to your majesty what says he nay nothing all is said his tongue is now a stringless instrument words life and all old lancaster hath spent be york the next that must be bankrupt so though death be poor it ends a mortal woe the ripest fruit first falls and so doth he his time is spent our pilgrimage must be so much for that now for our irish wars we must supplant those rough rug-headed currents which live like venom where no venom else but only they have privilege to live and for these great affairs do ask some charge towards our assistance we do cease to us the plate coin revenues and movables whereof our uncle gaunt did stand possessed 
how long shall i be patient ah uh, how long shall tender duty make me suffer wrong not gloucester's death nor hereford's banishment nor gaunt's rebukes nor england's private wrongs nor the prevention of poor bolingbroke about his marriage nor my own disgrace have ever made me sour my patient cheek or bend one wrinkle on my sovereign's face i am the last of noble edward's sons of whom thy father prince of wales was first in war was never lion rage and more fierce in peace was never gentle lamb more mild than was that young and princely gentleman his face thou hast for even so looked he accomplished with the number of thy hours but when he frowned it was against the french and not against his friends his noble hand did win what he did spend and spent not that which his triumphant father's hand had won his hands were guilty of no kindred blood but bloody with the enemies of his kin oh richard york is too far gone with grief or else he never would compare between why uncle what's the matter oh my liege pardon me if you please if not i please it not to be pardoned am content with all seek you to seize and gripe into your hands the royalties and rights of banished hereford is not gaunt dead and doth not hereford live was not gaunt just and is not harry true did not the one deserve to have an heir is not his heir a well-deserving son take hereford's rights away and take from time his charters and his customary rights let not to-morrow then ensue to-day be not thyself for how art thou a king but by fair sequence and succession now for god god forbid i say true if you do wrongfully seize hereford's rights call in the letters patents that he hath by his attorney's general to sue his livery and deny his offered homage you pluck a thousand dangers on your head you lose a thousand well-disposed hearts and prick my tender patience to those thoughts which honour and allegiance cannot think think what you will we seize into our hands his plate his goods his money and his lands i'll not be by the while my liege farewell what will ensue thereof there's none can tell but by bad courses may be understood that their events can never fall out good Exit. Go, Bushy, to the Earl of Wiltshire straight. Bid him repair to us to Ely House to see this business. Tomorrow next we will for Ireland, and this time I trow. And we create in absence of ourself our Uncle York, Lord Governor of England. For he is just and always loved us well. Come on, our Queen. Tomorrow must we part. Be merry, for our time of stay is short. Flourish. Exeunt King, Queen, O'Merle, Bushy, Green, and Begget. Well, lords, the Duke of Lancaster is dead. And living too, for now his son is Duke. Barely entitled, not in revenue. Richly in both, if justice had her right. My heart is great, but it must break with silence. It be disburdened with a liberal tongue nay speak thy mind and let him ne'er speak more that speaks thy words again to do thee harm tends that thou wouldst speak to the duke of hereford 
if it be so out with it boldly man quick is mine ear to hear of good towards him no good at all that i can do for him unless you call it good to pity him bereft and gelded of his patrimony now afore god tis shame such wrongs are born in him a royal prince and many mo of noble blood in this declining land the king is not himself but basely led by flatterers and what they will inform merely in hate gainst any of us all that will the king severely prosecute gainst us our lives our children and our heirs the commons hath he pilled with grievous taxes and quite lost their hearts the nobles hath he fined for ancient quarrels and quite lost their hearts and daily new exactions are devised as blanks benevolences and i wot not what but what a god's name doth become of this wars have not wasted it for ward he hath not but basely yielded upon compromise that which his noble ancestors achieved with blows more hath he spent in peace than they in wars the earl of wiltshire hath the realm in farm the king's grown bankrupt like a broken man reproach and dissolution hangeth over him he hath not money for these irish wars his burthens taxations notwithstanding but by the rubbing of the banished duke his noble kingsman most degenerate king but lords we hear this fearful tempest sing yet seek no shelter to avoid the storm we see the wind sit sore upon our sails and yet we strike not but securely perish we see the very wreck that we must suffer and unavoided is the danger now for suffering so the causes of our wreck not so even through the hollow eyes of death i spy life peering but i dare not say how near the tidings of our comfort is nay let us share thy thoughts as thou dost ours be confident to speak northumberland we three are but thyself and speaking so thy words are but as thoughts therefore be bold then thus i have from port le blanc a bay in brittany received intelligence that harry duke of hereford reynold lord cobham that late broke from the duke of exeter his brother archbishop late of canterbury sir thomas erpingham sir john ramston sir john norbury sir robert waterton and francis coynt all these well furnished by the duke of Breton, with eight tall ships three thousand men of war are making hither with all due expedience and shortly mean to touch our northern shore perhaps they had ere this but that they stay the first departing of the king for ireland if then we shall shake off our slavish yoke imp out our drooping country's broken wing redeem from broken pawn the blemished crown wipe off the dust that hides our sceptre's guilt and make high majesty look like itself away with me in post of ravenspur but if you faint as fearing to do so stay and be secret and myself will go to horse to horse urge doubts to them that fear hold out my horse and i will thirst be there exeunt scene two the palace enter queen bushy and bagot madam your majesty is too much sad you promised when you parted with the king to lay aside life-harming heaviness and entertain a cheerful disposition to please the king i did to please myself i cannot do it 
yet i know no cause why i should welcome such a guest as grief save bidding farewell to so sweet a guest as my sweet richard yet again methinks some unborn sorrow ripe in fortune's womb is coming towards me and my inward soul with nothing trembles at something it grieves more than with parting from my lord the king each substance of a grief hath twenty shadows which shows like grief itself but is not so for sorrow's eye glazed with blinding tears divides one thing entire to many objects like perspectives which rightly gazed upon show nothing but confusion eyed awry distinguished form so your sweet majesty looking awry upon your lord's departure find shapes of grief more than himself to wail which looked on as it is is not but shadows of what is not then thrice gracious queen more than your lord's departure weep not more's not seen or if it be tis with false sorrows i which for things true weeps things imaginary it may be so but yet my inward soul persuades me it is otherwise however it be i cannot but be sad so heavy sad as though on thinking on no thought i think makes me with heavy nothing faint and shrink tis nothing but conceit my gracious lady tis nothing less conceit is still derived from some forefather grief mine is not so for nothing hath begot my something grief or something hath the nothing that i grieve tis in reversion that i do possess but what it is that is not yet known what i cannot name tis nameless woe i wot enter green god save your majesty and well met gentlemen i hope the king is not yet shipped for ireland why opest thou so tis better ope he is for his designs grave haste is haste good ope then wherefore dost thou hope he is not shipped that he our hope might have retired his power and driven into despair an enemy's hope who strongly hath set footing in this land the banished bolingbroke repeals himself and with uplifted arms is safe arrived at ravenspur <gasps> now god in heaven forbid ah madam tis too true that is worse the lord of northumberland his son young henry percy the lords of ross beaumont and willoughby with all their powerful friends are fled to him why have you not proclaimed northumberland and all the rest revolted faction traitors we have whereupon the earl of worcester hath broke his staff resigned his stewardship and all the household servants fled with him to bolingbroke so green thou art the midwife to my woe and bolingbroke my sorrow's dismal heir now hath my soul brought forth her prodigy and i a gasping new-delivered mother have woe to woe sorrow to sorrow joined despair not madam who shall hinder me i will despair and be at enmity with cozening hope he is a flatterer a parasite a keeper back of death who gently would dissolve the bands of life which false hope lingers in extremity enter york here comes the duke of york with signs of war about his aged neck 
oh full of careful business are his looks uncle for god's sake speak comfortable words should i do so i should belie my thoughts comforts in heaven and we are on the earth when nothing lives but crosses cares and grief your husband he is gone to save far off whilst others come to make him lose at home here am i left to underprop his land who weak with age cannot support myself now comes the sick hour that his surfeit made now shall he try his friends that flattered him enter a servant my lord your son was gone before i came he was i so go all which way it will the nobles they are fled the commons they are cold and will i fear revolt on hereford's side sirrah get thee to plashy to my sister gloucester bid her send me presently a thousand pound hold or take my ring my lord i had forgot to tell your lordship to-day as i came by i called there but i shall grieve you to report the rest what is it knave an hour before i came the duchess died god for his mercy what a tide of woes comes rushing on this woeful land at once i know not what to do i would to god so my untruth had not provoked him to it the king had cut off my head with my brothers but are there no posts dispatched for ireland how shall we do for money for these wars come sister cousin i would say pray pardon me go fellow get thee home provide some carts and bring away the armour that is there exit servant gentlemen will you go muster men if i know how or which way to order these affairs thus thrust your soldly into my hands never believe me both are my kinsmen the one is my sovereign whom both my oath and duty bids defend the other again is my kinsman whom the king hath wronged whom conscience and my kindred bids to right well somewhat we must do come cousin i'll dispose of you gentlemen go muster up your men and meet me presently at berkeley i should to plashy too but time will not permit all is uneven and everything is left at six and seven exeunt york and queen the wind sets fair for news to go to ireland but none returns for us to levy power proportionable to the enemy is all unpossible besides our nearness to the king in love is near the hate of theirs love not the king and that's the wavering commons for their love lies in their purses and whoso empties them by so much fills their hearts with deadly hate wherein the king stands generally condemned if judgment lie in them then so do we because we ever have been near the king well i will for refuge straight to bristol castle the earl of wiltshire is already there thither will i with you for little office the hateful commons will perform for us except like curs to tear us all to pieces will you go along with us no i will to ireland to his majesty farewell if heart's presages be not vain we three here part that ne'er shall meet again 
That's as York thrives to beat back Bolingbroke. Alas, poor Duke. The task he undertakes is numbering sands and drinking oceans dry. Where one on his side fights, thousands will fly. Farewell at once, for once, for all endeavour. Well, we may meet again. I fear me never. Exeunt. Scene three. Wilds in Gloucestershire. Enter Bolingbroke and Northumberland with forces. How far is it, my lord, to Berkeley now? Believe me, noble lord, I am a stranger here in Gloucestershire. These high, wild hills and rough, uneven ways draws out our miles and makes them wearisome. And yet your fair discourse hath been as sugar, making the hard way sweet and delectable. But I bethink me what a weary way from Ravenspur to Cotswold will be found in Ross and Willoughby, wanting your company, which I protest hath very much beguiled the tediousness and process of my travel. But theirs is sweetened with the hope to have the present benefit which I possess. And hope to joy is little less in joy than hope enjoyed. By this the weary lords shall make their way seem short as mine hath done, by sight of what I have, your noble company. Of much less value is my company than your good words. But who comes here? Enter Henry Percy. It is my son, young Harry Percy, sent from my brother Worcester, whence soever. Harry, how fares your uncle? I had thought, my lord, to have learned his health of you. Why, is he not with the Queen? No, my good lord, he hath forsook the court, broken his staff of office, and dispersed the household of the King. What was his reason? He was not so resolved when last we spake together. Because your lordship was proclaimed a traitor. But he, my lord, is gone to Ravenspur, to offer service to the Duke of Hereford, and sent me over by Berkeley to discover what power the Duke of York had levied there then with directions to repair to Ravenspur. Have you forgot the Duke of Hereford, boy? No, my good lord, for that is not forgot which ne'er I did remember. To my knowledge I never in my life did look on him. Then learn to know him now. This is the Duke. My gracious lord, I tender you my service, such as it is, being tender, raw, and young, which elder days shall ripen and confirm to more approved service and desert. I thank thee, gentle Percy, and be sure I count myself in nothing else so happy as in a soul remembering my good friends, and, as my fortune ripens with thy love, it shall be still thy true love's recompense. My heart this covenant makes, my hand thus seals it. How far is it to Berkeley? And what stir keeps good old York there with his men of war? There stands the castle by yon tuft of trees, manned with three hundred men, as I have heard, and in it are the lords of York, Berkeley, and Seymour, none else of name and noble estimate. Enter Ross and Willoughby. Here comes the lords of Ross and Willoughby, bloody with spurring, fiery red with haste. Welcome, my lords. I wot your love pursues a banished traitor. All my treasury is yet but unfelt thanks, which more enriched shall be your love and labour's recompense. Your presence makes us rich, most noble lord. And far surmounts our labour to attain it. 
evermore thanks the exchequer of the poor which till my infant fortune comes to years stands for my bounty but who comes here enter berkeley it is my lord of berkeley as i guess my lord of hereford my message is to you my lord my answer is to lancaster and i am come to seek that name in england and i must find that title in your tongue before i make reply to aught you say mistake me not my lord tis not my meaning to raise one title of your honour out to you my lord i come what lord you will from the most gracious regent of this land the duke of york to know what pricks you on to take advantage of the absent time and fright our native peace with self-born arms enter york attended i shall not need transport my words by you here comes his grace in person kneels my noble uncle show me thy humble heart and not thy knee whose duty is deceivable and false my gracious uncle tut tut grace me no grace nor uncle me no uncle i am no traitor's uncle that word grace in an ungracious mouth is but profane why have those banished and forbidden legs dared once to touch a dust of england's ground but then more why why have they dared to march so many miles upon her peaceful bosom frighting her pale-faced villages with war and ostentation of despised arms comest thou because the anointed king is hence my foolish boy the king is left behind and in my loyal bosom lies his power were i but now the lord of such hot youth as when brave gaunt thy father and myself rescued the black prince that young mars of men from forth the ranks of many thousand french oh then how quickly should this arm of mine now prisoner to thy palsy chastise thee and minister correction to thy fault my gracious uncle let me know my fault on what condition stands it and wherein even in condition of the worst degree and gross rebellion and detested treason thou art a banished man and here art come before the expiration of thy time in braving arms against thy sovereign as i was banished i was banished hereford but as i come i come for lancaster and noble uncle i beseech your grace look on my wrongs with an indifferent eye you are my father for methinks in you i see old gaunt alive oh then my father will you permit that i shall stand condemned a wandering vagabond my rights and royalties plucked from my arms perforce and given away to upstart unthrifts wherefore was i born if that my cousin king be king of england it must be granted i am duke of lancaster you have a son or merle my noble cousin had you first died, and he been thus trod down, he should have found his uncle gaunt of father to rouse his wrongs and chase them to the bay. I am denied to sue my livery here, and yet my letter's patents give me leave. My father's goods are all distrained and sold, and these and all are all amissemployed. What would you have me do?' i am a subject and i challenge law attorneys are denied me and therefore personally i lay my claim to my inheritance of free descent the noble duke hath been too much abused 
it stands your grace upon to do him right basemen by his endowments are made great my lords of england let me tell you this i have had feeling of my cousin's wrongs and laboured all i could to do him right but in this kind to come in braving arms be his own carver and cut out his way to find out right with wrong it may not be and you that do abet him in this kind cherish rebellion and are rebels all the noble duke hath sworn his coming is but for his own and for the right of that we all have strongly sworn to give him aid and let him ne'er see joy that breaks that oath well well i see the issue of these arms i cannot mend it i must needs confess because my power is weak and all ill left but if i could by him that gave me life i would attach you all and make you stoop unto the sovereign mercy of the king but since i cannot be it known to you i do remain as neuter so fare you well unless you please to enter in the castle and there repose you for this night an offer uncle that we will accept but we must win your grace to go with us to bristol castle which they say is held by bushy baggett and their accomplices the caterpillars of the commonwealth which i have sworn to weed and pluck away it may be i will go with you but yet i'll pause for i am loath to break our country's laws nor friends nor foes to me welcome you are things past redress are now with me past care Exeunt. Scene four. A camp in Wales. Enter Salisbury and a Welsh captain. My lord of Salisbury, we have stayed ten days and hardly kept our countrymen together, and yet we hear no tidings from the king. Therefore we will disperse ourselves. Farewell. Stay yet another day, thou trusty Welshman. The king reposeth all his confidence in thee. Tis thought the king is dead. We will not stay. The bay-trees in our country are all withered, and meteors fright the fixed stars of heaven. The pale-faced moon looks bloody on the earth, and lean-looked prophets whisper fearful change. Rich men look sad, and ruffians dance and leap, the one in fear to lose what they enjoy, the other to enjoy by rage and war. These signs forerun the death or fall of kings. Farewell our countrymen are gone and fled as well assured richard their king is dead exit ah richard with the eyes of heavy mind i see thy glory like a shooting star fall to the base earth from the firmament thy sun sets weeping in the lowly west witnessing storms to come woe and unrest thy friends are fled to wait upon thy foes and crossly to thy good all fortune goes exit end of act two